Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and I am so excited to talk with you today. The episode title today I'm calling The Scenic Route to Weight Loss. I don't have a lot of fluff for you at the beginning of the episode. Let's just dig right in. Um, I will be sharing some um, personal information and stories um, throughout this podcast today, but let's just dig right into this concept, the scenic route to weight loss. So have you ever been planning out a road trip and your first thought is, well, how can I get there the fastest? right? I think most of us, right? That's usually our top priority is I'm going to take this long road trip. I want to get there as fast as possible. And so we plot out the fastest route according to Google maps or whatever. And usually there are a couple of different route options, right? There's one that's maybe like a little bit longer. There's like a middle of the road type of one, like the slowest middle of the road, and then the fastest. And oftentimes the fastest is, you know, taking the busiest highways, going through um, the most um, condensed city atmospheres and so on and so forth. And then there's probably always the scenic route that's available, taking a little bit of a quieter, you know, back road approach. And you know, oftentimes we're just like, I don't care. I don't care about anything else that's available to me. Just Google, tell me the fastest or whatever kind of maps you use. Um, Give me the fastest route. And that's obviously the one that I'm going to take, right? And so we neglect the scenic route and we just take the most efficient route. We choose efficiency over enjoyment almost every freaking time. Well, I used to do this when it comes to road trips. And then at some point along the way, I learned my lesson. And, you know, now whenever my husband and I um, do take road trips, we will try to favor enjoyment over efficiency. And the reason is because we learned this the hard way. A lot of times when you try to choose the most efficient route, you wind up getting to your destination, maybe not even as, not even faster, right? Like inevitably something goes wrong you wind up still spending those extra two hours in the car compared to the scenic route. You're like, hell no, I'm not going to take the scenic route. I want to save those two hours. But then inevitably something goes wrong and you wind up getting stuck for an additional two hours in um, traffic or a tire blows out or whatever, weather. Um, You know, there's so many things that could potentially go wrong, city traffic and stress. Um, You wind up eating, you know, really hurriedly crappy food because you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to stop for longer than I need to, to take a lunch break or a dinner break or whatever. So you just pull off the highway and you eat whatever happens to be there that's available. Not, it doesn't matter what sounds good. You're just going to eat whatever is available. Um, Maybe you'll get up to go to the bathroom, but you're going to go to fast food. You're going to eat in the car and like hurriedly eat it, not even enjoying yourself. By the time you get there, you arrive stressed and you're angry and you're exhausted. um, And you know, some, sometimes, you know, the intention is to go see family, but you're just so irritated by the time you get there. Like you're not even enjoying quality time with your family or you wind up having to sleep in late the next day because you're just so exhausted. So you're spending less time with your family and kind of missing the whole point. Right. Um, and eventually, you know, we had done this so many times. We've always lived far away from family ever since we've gotten married, like at least six to 10 hours away from family. So I can't even tell you how many road trips that we've taken, um, and done this, that, efficient way. And eventually we kind of learned our lesson and we're like, you know what? No, like we're going (laughs) to, we're going to take 
our time. We're going to enjoy the process a little bit more. Maybe we will take the scenic route. We will take the back roads that are a little bit quieter. We don't have to fight DC traffic or New York City traffic or whatever. And we actually take a full lunch break to get up and stretch our legs. We will sit down at a restaurant and we wind up sometimes finding the cutest restaurants, um, the cutest little gift shops. And we have collected trinkets and stuff like that from little gift shops and have such great memories attached to those things. Literally, the scenic route a lot of times is like an an off-road little situation where it's like overlooking a cliff and you can get out, you can take pictures. We've gotten some really great family photos, just kind of like impromptu, like, and even when we've traveled with my daughter, like just kind of like a little rest stop that turned out to be like the cutest little thing. And like, I don't know, some weird wooden bear that's ginormous and Elsie just wanted to climb all over it. And we have such cute photos of it. Right. And so um, we've enjoyed those trips so much more when we decided to choose enjoyment over efficiency. And again, it's so funny because we think we have to choose between one or the other. But what I'm actually saying is oftentimes when it comes to road trips, I have found that when you choose enjoyment over efficiency, a lot of times it actually creates more efficiency. Um, Another thing that we've done, I don't know if you've ever done an overnight road trip where you're like, oh, the best time to travel, actually the fastest way to get there is to drive overnight. We have tried that too. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes parents of young kids, they think that that's a good idea too um, because they're like, oh, the kids can just sleep in the car all night and whatever. And it doesn't affect the kids, but it sure as shit affects you. And then you are so impatient with your kids the next day. But we've done this even before. One time we did an overnight road trip before we had kids. And we wound up being so freaking exhausted that we wound up stopping almost every single hour to get off at a rest stop and get more caffeine because what were we thinking? And then we wound up not being able to make it and we pulled off and we found like a cheap crappy hotel and we wound up, you know, spending the night so that we could actually sleep. And so did we get there faster? Absolutely not. We ended up spending more money and (laughs) we were way more miserable. So, you know, I'm really pushing the analogy here, right? But what I'm saying is there is a scenic route to weight loss. There's a way to actually choose enjoyment over efficiency And what I'm proposing is that it actually creates more efficiency. So yeah, I'm saying, what if you built in this understanding that it might take you a little bit longer to get to your goal, but you will enjoy the journey so much more and to consciously choose that, to like consciously be okay with it. So I'm not saying like, just go on and off your diet or go off the rails frequently. But what I'm talking about is simply not always choosing the most aggressive weight loss strategy just because it's the fastest. What do I mean by that? I'll share some ones that don't work for me. Um, that, you know, certainly if I had a weight loss goal, and I've done this so many times, um, what would get me to my goal the fastest? And I, and I use this with clients sometimes because it's such an extreme. It's like, okay, well, if you want to get there the fastest, just don't eat anything. <laughs> right? That's logical, right? Long water fasting. Okay. Just do like fast for 60 days. Some people do that medically approved, don't they? Um, I don't think that that's healthy. You wind up losing a lot of muscle weight in addition to, um, fat loss. And what we really want is fat loss. Of course. Um, you don't just want to be skinny fat. And I know some of you are listening. You're like, I don't care. I'll be skinny fat as long as I'm not fat fat. Right. But like long water fasting is certainly an aggressive strategy that would get you to your goal. Um, you know, some would say the fastest, but it would be miserable. I would not, no, just no. (laughs) 
And a lot of you are like, yeah, I know. I know I could do that, but no, that's not an option because I know myself. I'm not going to, I'm going to give up on that after five days, right? So that's what I'm saying about a lot of times when we deprive ourselves of the enjoyment in the journey, it actually creates more inefficiency in, in the journey on your weight loss journey. Another one that has not worked for me is um, protein sparing modified fast. And I am not knocking this as a strategy. I don't even know if you know what it is. You can Google it if you want to. Um, but essentially what you're doing is you're eating high protein, which I love. I'm a big fan of high protein. Um, but you're eating as little fat as possible. So probably like around 1,000 calories a day. Um, and this is like the official PSMF you know, diet strategy. Um, and again, I'm not knocking it. It's It's been done medically and has been proven to be very effective. And a lot of people actually really enjoy it. And they say that they never feel hungry on it. But for me, it did not work. I, I felt so hungry all the time. And it was not something that I was willing to do. Because one of the one of my biggest values with eating keto and my new and eating high protein and my new way of eating compared to how I used to be before was that I used to be obsessed with thinking about food all day long. And thinking about calories and making whatever I was fitting, like match up to the numbers, goals that I had and so on and so forth. And I spent my whole life doing that. And when I finally discovered eating Atkins back in 2013, I was so relieved that I didn't have to do that anymore, that I could actually just eat to satiety and not have to stress out about it. Um, and finally I was able to practice the concept of intuitive eating, meaning like trust what your body is telling you when you're hungry, what foods sound good to you. I was never able to do that until I healed my hormones with keto. And now when I'm, when I'm hungry, my body is actually telling me like, Hey, let's eat some protein. Let's eat some strawberries. Let's eat some broccoli. Like that actually like truly sounds delicious to me. And those are the foods that I crave, you know, yogurt, things like that. Um, and I know some of you are like, what on earth? Like, what's that like? I promise you, it's real. It's real. Um, it, it's not something that you can believe until you've actually experienced it. But within a couple of weeks to a couple of months, like that, that could be you. I would love to help you with that. Um, but anyway, PSMF or protein sparing modified fast, where you're just eating essentially like a thousand calories of protein a day, hardly any fat, hardly any carbs. That was not something that worked for me, even though it is one of the most aggressive strategies and effective strategies, efficient strategies that you can do to get to your weight loss goal. So kind of along with that, like eating like a fitness competitor, right? Um, So what do fitness competitors do? They eat um, high protein, they eat low carb, and they eat low fat. Um, So a lot of times this does actually look like kind of a protein sparing modified fast. Um, essentially like chicken breast and broccoli, like no butter, like just steamed. It doesn't taste very good, um, but it really gets the job done. Like they're trying to get super shredded to go up on stage, right? And it works. They'll do it for like a limited period of time because they know it's not enjoyable and it's not sustainable, but they're willing to do it and be miserable for a short period of time because they actually are trying to get to this goal. And then what what winds up happening is that, and fitness competitors will tell you this too, they like go on a binge afterwards. Like they're just like, okay, finally their bodies are so exhausted, pushing themselves to the limits of what human being bodies are capable of doing and capable of looking like, it is not a normal person living in everyday life does not look shredded like that. And they will tell you that, like, that's not sustainable. Like celebrities that do it for movies and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I was never more miserable than that. And I'll never do it again. Zac Efron is coming to mind. Um, He did that movie with The Rock. I can't remember what movie it was, but he was like, he was so freaking shredded in that. And what he had to do to get there, he was like, never again. It's just not worth it to me. I'll never do it again. Um, So certainly that's a strategy that is aggressive and it will get you to your goal the fastest, but it is not enjoyable. Like eating a thousand calories a day, it's not enjoyable. Um, Never going out to eat because you 
are like, well, I don't know what they're, they might be using more butter than what I'm accustomed to. I can't track it properly. And that freaks me out. And so I'm never going to eat out because I need to get to my goal as fast as possible. Like that's not enjoyable. That's not sustainable. So who cares if you get there a little bit faster, but you actually hated the trip. And by the way, this often causes the trip to take longer because, and when I say the trip to take longer, like it causes your weight loss journey to take longer. It takes you longer to get to your weight loss goal when you have that mindset because you have an intelligent resistance to that kind of bullshit. It's true. When you, when you are resisting that kind of goal, that is a good and beautiful thing. Go back and listen to, I can't remember what episode number it is, but it's called Good Reasons to Be Inconsistent. That, I explore that a lot more on that episode. Everything that you do, even the things that you refuse to do, is for a very good reason. We have an intelligent resistance to those kind of you know screwed up strategies and screwed up beliefs that are underlying the strategy. I'm not saying that somebody couldn't approach that strategy with a healthy mindset. I'm just saying I can't. And not a lot of people that I know can. So, and it, it is an intelligent resistance because I don't want to live a life where I have to be perfect or harsh with myself to see results. I don't want to live a life where I have to not eat when I'm hungry or stop eating before I'm truly satisfied in order to lose weight. This is an intelligence resi- intelligent resistance to harmful beliefs and the part of you that knows that that just can't be true if you don't want to participate in making it true. So I recently did a follow-up session with one of my clients who I worked with for several months and she needed a refocus session. So when we were working together um, for the first time, we we wound up doing my eight-week coaching program and then she extended, I think, for at least one or two months after that. And while we were working together, she was losing about 1% of her body weight per week with strategies that felt really good to her. Like they just fit into her lifestyle. She was so excited. She was like, wow, I can't believe that I can enjoy eating food like this and I can enjoy not, not being stressed out. It's like, it just, it just was fitting really perfectly into her life. And by the way, that's why I call my business the keto fit. I know that, um, you know, this podcast is called self-care keto, but when I started my, um, coaching practice five years ago, I decided to name it the keto fit because I believe that it can fit into anybody's life. And that's the goal is to, there's so many different ways to do it and to find what fits best for you. And that I love to help you find what fits best for you in an enjoyable way is one of the most important things to me to lose weight enjoyably. So this is what she was doing, Um, losing about 1% of her body weight per week. And that is a fantastic rate of progress, by the way. I don't know if you're like, I don't even know what is good. What is a good, healthy, sustainable weight loss per week? Yep. It's about 1% of your body weight per week. And when you first start like a keto or a low carb diet within the first week, you probably maybe see more than that. And it's because you're losing water weight in the beginning. And you know, water weight is weight. It feels so freaking good to lose 10 pounds in the first 10 days for a lot of people see that. Um, and it's still weight off your body. It's still bloat off your body, but, um, you know, not to be expected every single week after that, um, losing about 1% of your body weight per week. Scientific studies have shown that like, that is a really great sustainable rate of progress where, um, it's unlikely to come back on afterwards. When you're losing weight more aggressively than that, um, people tend to put some of that weight back on. So that's usually um, an optimal range that I'm trying to work with on my, with my clients. So at the time when we met for our refocus session, she had it in her head that she wanted to hit a certain milestone in weight loss by the end of 2022. And I know that there are so many people who are listening right now that are probably thinking the same thing, right? We do this. We set. We have like this 
arbitrary day in mind. And yes, even December 31st is freaking arbitrary because it's just a date on the calendar. What does it matter, right? But we make it matter. And so she wanted to hit a certain milestone in weight loss by the end of 2022. So she was exploring the idea of using some more aggressive strategies than she was before in order to reach that goal. But she was feeling concerned because she had just enrolled in school full-time. In addition to her full-time job, she had a big vacation coming up, plus the holidays at the end of the year, which, oh my gosh, they're coming. So what we did was I just applied a really rational approach in the beginning. So I was like, well, let's plot out the number of weeks left in the year. And then we did the math on her losing weight at the rate that she was before and where she would land realistically at the end of the year if she continued to lose about 1% of her body weight per week. And then we plotted out where she might realistically land with some more aggressive strategies, maybe losing about 1.5 to about 2% of her body weight per week. And that, that would be a stretch. Uh, that would be diff- more difficult to do, right? That's why I say more aggressive strategies. It would take more intent. It would take more effort. It would take more time. Um, and all in all, we did the math, and it was a difference of about 10 pounds by the end of the year. So I asked her, with this additional time commitment that the more aggressive strategies would require and everything else that you're dedicating time to in your life right now, are the 10 pounds worth it? Not that she wouldn't eventually get those 10 pounds off. She definitely would. But I just mean in the timeline that she was hoping for. The here's actually what it would take. And if, if by the way, you just did it in the relaxed, enjoyable, sustainable way that you were doing before, yeah, you would weigh 10 pounds more by December 31st. But, you know, 10 pounds less, 10 pounds more. Is it really worth it to you? And was it worth it to take the more efficient trip? Or would she rather have the more enjoyable trip and arrive at her destination a few hours later, to use the metaphor, right? So she actually decided that she would rather take the scenic route. And she felt so relieved and her whole energy shifted. And she thanked me for helping her to put things in perspective and basically to help her give herself permission to let it be more enjoyable instead of most efficient. So I want to ask you, what is your intention for the trip? Um, usually I try to do this whenever my husband and I are going to be taking a trip together, a family trip, whether it be a road trip or whether it be a cruise, a vacation, um, we love to travel. And so I'll ask, what is my intention for the trip? And we'll talk about it even as a family. And we try to include my daughter. So one of the biggest things that we love is making memories. And so that includes getting great photos. We want to have fun. We want to relax. We want to enjoy, um, being present with family. And we want to feel, so try to identify your, your desired feelings as well. We want to, to feel peaceful, happy, playful, present, connected, relaxed, love. And then one thing that's important that we started, you know, really thinking about, like we want like travel days, that, that is part of the trip, right? That's part of the vacation. We get so few, as Americans, we get so few vacation days per year. And a lot of times there are, there are travel days, like at least one travel day on the front end and one travel day on the back end. And that sometimes can be half of your trip, you know, the, with the way we travel. Um, so how can you feel that way, including the travel days? And so that's a lot of the reason why we decided, you know, no, we want to, like, if we are going to take a road trip, like, okay, vacation starts the minute we get in that car. Like, we want to feel those same feelings even on the road trip. And so that's why we have adopted different strategies um, or more relaxed strategies for getting to our destination because we don't want to like feel 
like fighting and hating each other and annoyed and, you know, all of the things that you feel on a horrible road trip um, for like half of the trip. That's, that's an awful feeling. So how can we feel that way, including, you know, on the way to the destination? So using this metaphor, you know, what is your intention for your weight loss trip? You don't actually want the number on the scale. I remind my clients of this all the time and, you know, potential clients that I'm talking to. We don't actually want the number on the scale. We want how we believe we will feel when we get to that number. How will we feel when we see that number on the scale? So I love to, like, one of the first things that I do with my clients in our first week together is I ask them about their undesired feelings and their desired feelings. How do they want to stop feeling? And how do they want to feel? And so the most common themes that I see when what people want to stop feeling is they want to stop feeling so ashamed, so guilty, like a failure, weak, undisciplined, sad, bitter, angry, frustrated, exhausted, etc. And they want to feel that actually the things that they do want to feel, they want to feel more peaceful, they want to feel happy, calm, confident, really, which means self-trust. They want to feel self-trust. They want to feel energy. They want to feel inspired. And I don't want them to wait until they reach their destination, meaning I don't want them to wait until they see that you know prized number on the scale in order to actually feel those things. I want the whole journey together to include those desired feelings. And that's what I do with my clients. So I'll tell you a story about exactly that. So another client story, um, I was actually just chatting with her about it recently. And again, with the end of the year thing, I know this is like a big theme for people right now, but we started working together. Um, and she's already lost 35 pounds in the few months that we've been working together. And, um, you know, she wanted to explore losing 60 pounds by the end of the year. That was kind of like her goal. And, you know, this would get her under a significant milestone number. I won't share all the details, but um, you know how like when you go down like a decade on the scale or when you go down like 50 pounds on the scale or a hundred pounds on the scale, like you're like, oh my God, like it feels like such a massive difference between seeing like, I don't know, 201 and 199, right? It's only two pounds difference, but you're like, oh my God. So I asked her, you know, how will you feel when you see the scale go under that big number? And so she said, well, I will feel accomplished. I'll feel proud of myself. I will feel happy that I will never see that number on the scale again. I'll feel self-trust and proud that I have stayed consistent and that I've lost a significant amount of weight, that this has been the year that I've taken control of my health, that that I've practiced self-care. I'll feel relieved that I'm taking steps to be more healthy. And so I asked her, what of these do you not feel right now? (laughs) None of them. We've been working together for months and she already feels all of those things. And she's felt these things for most of the time that we've been working together. It did not take long for all of those feelings to just kick right in. I mean, like within the first week, you guys, feeling accomplished, proud of yourself, happy that you'll never see that number on the scale again, self-trust, pride that you stayed consistent, that this is your year, that you're finally taking control of your health, that you're finally practicing self-care, relieved that you're finally taking steps to be more healthy. That can be right now. And that's, that's true for her. And I'm like, how amazing is that? That those feelings are not going to be foreign to you when you actually do see that number on the scale. 
you know, how will you feel? And I asked her, how will you feel if you weigh five pounds over that number on the scale? How will you feel if you weigh 10 pounds over that number on the scale, two pounds over that number on the scale? And she's like, you're right. I won't feel any different. I already feel how I want to feel. I'm just going to feel more of it for a longer period of time. It's amazing. Now, if we don't feel how we want to feel on the journey, if we're actually feeling the opposite of how we want to feel, if we think we're going to feel all of those desired feelings, peaceful, happy, calm, confident, self-trust, energetic, inspired, when we actually see that number on the scale, but we believe that we have to restrict ourselves and punish ourselves and shame ourselves into getting there, that we actually have to feel guilty and like a failure and just sad and angry and frustrated and exhausted the whole time because, you know, suffering is required to do great things, apparently. You know, that's a belief that we tend to hold. Like nothing comes easy. You know, pain is, pain is beauty. Like all of these things that we believe that like, you have to work hard to get what you want. No, you don't. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. It can be enjoyable. It could be a lot easier than you expect. There's a difference between hard and effort, right? There's a difference between intention and something being hard. So if we actually believe that we have to feel the opposite of how we want to feel and that we are feeling the opposite of how we want to feel, we will very intelligently stop doing the things that are causing us to feel those undesired feelings. And I'm sure that's happened to you a million times. Maybe that's exactly where you are right now. So it might not even be the strategy itself that we need to change, but the way that we're thinking about it, the pressure that we're putting on it, the percentage of the time that we expect ourselves to follow that strategy for example, 100% of the time versus 90% of the time and what a huge difference that can make. So I mentioned before that by taking the scenic route, I don't mean going on and off your strategies. I mean actually planning for rest stops to continue the, the scenic route metaphor, like planning for rest stops and that the rest stop itself is a strategy on your journey. So this could look like allowing for more carbs that actually bless your body at certain times of the week maybe on the weekends or certain times of the month, especially if you are a cycling woman. I've got a whole episode about that. It's called Food Boundaries and Hormones. It could look like bringing up your calories on the weekends. So being in more of a deficit during the week because it feels easier to you to do it that way and then being a little bit looser during the weekends, even though over for like the whole average of the week, you're still in a calorie deficit, planning it out that way, um, things like that. Also, I've worked with clients who planned to have one deviation day per week, and that meant literally eating anything that sounded good that day, even if it was Taco Bell and Oreos. And they have still lost weight and are freaking psyched that they could do that. So I help you to explore your personality type when it comes to these strategies. The driving message here is that we feel good when we do what we say we're going to do. So when you're thinking about what you're going to do to lose weight, Choose those strategies from an attitude of self-care, not from an attitude of you being a problem that needs to be fixed as quickly as possible. Think about what you wish your mom would have taught you about eating healthy from a physical health and a mental health perspective and try to give that to yourself. So I don't know about you, but I was treated like my body was a problem that needed to be fixed. I was the chubby kid. Um, I have back in episode one of this podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, but I share my story, which is that, you know, I'm a twin. I'm a fraternal twin. 
Um, so I have a fraternal twin sister and literally growing up, people would say, oh my God, how funny. They don't look anything alike. Like she's the tall, skinny one and she's the short, fat one. I was the short, fat one. Like, and nobody, like people would just say this and you know, my parents were standing right there. They never like said anything about it. So, and my mom put me on a diet when I was like seven years old. I mean, I've tell a lot of stories, um, in those first couple episodes of the podcast, if you want to go back and listen, but I internalized that shame and I am still unshaming myself. So I'm sure my mom meant well, and she was just really afraid. Um, She struggled with her weight herself and maybe was afraid of other people judging her, of other people judging me, of judging her for parenting me (laughs) in a way that like, oh, look, you know, like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree or whatever kind of, you know, weird things that we're worried about other people judging us for. And she probably really was you know, in a, like, um, a loving fear, (laughs) you know, kind of a way, or like what feels like a loving fear kind of a way. Like she wanted to protect me from the pain that she was going through. Right. Um, and I know she was afraid and I know many of you are too, and that's why you treat yourselves the way that you do. I did the same thing for decades, but it's never too late to shift from fear to love. And time is not running out. Time is actually adding up behind you. I don't know about you, but I believe that our souls go on forever. And if you do too, that's actually a more accurate way to think of time. There is a start, but there's no ending. And so time cannot be running out. Time can only be adding up behind you. So there's no deadline except the one that you impose on yourself. And whatever one you have imposed on yourself, I promise you it's arbitrary. It's arbitrary. You can just let it go. Turn that deadline into a lifeline by allowing time to measure your momentum, how long you've been committed to loving yourself and taking care of yourself through your nutrition. So you have permission to take the scenic route to weight loss. If you want to dig more into this topic with me, just one-on-one in terms of what that would actually look like for you, I offer a completely free curiosity call um, and we can explore what it would be like to coach together one-on-one. But even if you decide not to move forward, I would just love to meet you. I would love to talk with you. I would love to uh, bless you with some concrete weight loss strategies or some mindset strategies, different ways to think about things. And you can schedule that by going over to my website, theketofit.com. You can also reach out to me through my email, theketofit at gmail.com, any of my social media um, platforms. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn at the Keto Fit. I would love to hear from you and chat with you more because, you know, I know that this might be a new concept. You might be kind of like, oh, I don't, is it really safe for me to do that? And will I still lose weight? And so on and so forth. Yes, you will. I'm not a weight loss coach because I'm not in the business of helping people lose weight. <laughs> I'm a weight loss coach because I am in the business of helping people lose weight. But I say that I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. I am more concerned with how you are enjoying the process than how fast you get there. And I promise you that if you actually enjoy the process, you will get there faster. Some of you are like hating the process and you are getting nowhere near where you want to be you know, doing the same thing over and over again without uh, getting a di- getting the same results. That's the definition of insanity, right? I think I just butchered that quote, but you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Let's do it differently. Why not? What have you got to lose?
if nothing else, it'll be fun to try to experiment with different things and give yourself permission to enjoy your life. What a concept. What a concept. So before we wrap up today, I know I just offered you the chance to talk more about one-on-one coaching, um, but there are other ways to work with me as well. So I know not everybody will have the um, ability to work one-on-one. I have a um, self-coaching, self-paced online course, and it's called the Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass. And it's all of the uh, mindset uh, mindset, um, exercises that I do with my one-on-one clients. And it's in a self-paced course where you can work through through those things and do some self-coaching. So we still talk about all the same things about practicing self-care through your nutrition, exploring emotional eating, meeting your real unmet needs in your life so that you stop using food as a substitute, exploring self-sabotage, how to rewire your brain, how to set up food boundaries, all of the things. So you can check that out also at theketofit.com slash mindset. And then also I have once a month mindset classes. And these are offered usually at $22. So the mindset class for this month is called Focus Pocus. Yes, it is meant to be silly and fun with Halloween. Um, And so Focus Pocus is about reframing your focus to look differently at your past, to heal your past, and to appreciate all that you've been through and give yourself credit for how strong you've actually been and how even what you have deemed as an unhelpful coping mechanism of emotional eating how that has been a strength for you and how um, that is a fierce protector part that you have. And we don't want to get rid of her. We just want to give her new job duties, right? Because we don't need her to play that same role anymore. But we certainly want to appreciate everything that she's done for us and to just, um, you know, promote her essentially, right? So she's getting, she's getting a promotion. Um, and it is to get uh, focus on your future, to get crystal clear on the beautiful future that you want to create for yourself. And that includes these desired feelings and to map out a way to actually generate those things and to get to the life, to, d- to design the life that you want for yourself and to, to create strategies that are actually going to get you there. So that's one of the things that I love to do with my clients. Um, I do this with myself all the time, like two or three years in the future. What do I want for myself? And that's constantly what I'm iterating. And I promise you, I have journals to prove it. Things that I've written down two, three years ago are in my life today. And that can be the same thing for you too. So if you're interested in that Focus Pocus class this month, you can head over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class. And the link is also in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all of you for being listeners of this podcast. If you love it, would you just share it with a friend? Would you also consider leaving me a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to? And if you do, I would love to thank you by giving you a free copy of one of my digital guides. You can choose between my self-care keto restaurant guide, which is a $14 value. And you can also choose my self-care keto holiday guide, which is a $19 value and very relevant with the holidays coming up around the corner. Um, you can also purchase that at any time. Um, the holiday guide, especially if you're interested with the scenic route to weight loss for these final few months of 2022. And actually allowing yourself to enjoy the holidays that are coming up and to not put so much undue pressure on yourself to be a certain weight by the end of the year or by Christmas or by Thanksgiving or whatever it is that you're going to be seeing people to just release that deadline and actually create a holiday plan that is going to include you taking good care of yourself and you enjoying it, head on over to theketofit.com slash holiday and you can snatch up that guide for $19 
it's amazing. We talk so much about, there's recipes in there, but there's also so many mindset things that are going to help you an emotional eating exercise, um, a bounce back plan for after, you know, after a holiday, how to get back on track, all of the things. Um, and then also, you know, if you want to get the guide completely for free, all you have to do is leave me a rating or review on the podcast here. Send me a screenshot of your review to theketofit at gmail.com. And then let me know which guide that you would like a copy of. And I will send it to you completely for free. And this really helps me to grow the podcast to reach more people and help more women, which is my mission. So thank you guys so much. I'll be back with you all next week.